0: You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam.
1: Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 185 and 186 of reading through the Bible. Really, we're just talking through the Bible, carrying on the oral tradition. That's right. right. That is interacting with the scriptures just by talking about it.
0: We are in the middle of the Old Testament right now. Yes. Our old... Our Old Testament reading for today is 2 Kings, chapter 8, verse 16 through chapter 11. Play
1: the blues because things are a little dicey. We are in the middle of kings and uh, lots of transitions of power, which, by the way, are very rarely nice transitions.
0: Yeah, very rarely. I think
1: that's what makes America one of the rare... I mean, I guess a lot of uh, kind of democratically based countries have a smoother transition Mm -hmm. of power. But I think historically, it's not always that smooth.
0: Yeah, I think it's actually surprising in Judah that everything is staying within the same family. And like clearly a miracle from God. So
1: we start in verse 16, right?
0: Yeah, so last, last episode we ended with Elisha anointing... Haziel as the new king of Syria, and him weeping as he was anointing him because he knew he was going to just be such a pest and such a destructive force to Israel. So I'm trying to follow.
1: We got some Jehoram's.
0: Yeah, we got. Gonna... Let,
1: let's just get through chap, chapter eight here. So you got. I'm trying to keep straight who's from who. So Jer, Je, Jehoram. Yes. He's a king of Judah. Yes. He's evil. He uh, rules mm-hmm. for eight years, and he lost the territory of Edom. Yes, he did. So that is bad. hmm Then at the same time...
0: And it should be noted that Jehoram married Ahab's daughter. Okay. So Jehoram, the... the King of Judah marries yep. Ahab, who
1: is the king he of Israel is... and
0: evil. Yeah,
1: his daughter. So there's an intermingling here between
0: Israel and Judah, which yes. is
1: weird. Which is weird. But it's also political in nature. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because
0: uh, Jehosh Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat. Well, it's an S H in the middle. So Jehoshaphat. Uh, he remember he like aligned himself with Ahab. He made alliances with Ahab and Ahab's son uh, Joram. And so they were close, the families were close, and so Ahab, his daughter married Jehoshaphat's son, okay. Joam. So then, who is Ahaziah? Uh, ah- Ahaziah is, is the, the son of the king of Judah, Jehoram. Okay, so he rules next. He comes next. For one year. Uh-huh. And he
1: loses wars to Syria.
0: Mm-hmm. And his... Okay. Uh, well, he... Okay, so he, like his granddad went and fought with Israel. Okay. And he went up and fought the contested ground of Ramoth-Gilead, which is a city of refuge. Okay. And that was constantly being contested between Syria and Israel. And so he teamed up with uh, Joram and went and fought at Ramoth-Gilead. Joram is injured during that battle, and they have to retreat. And uh, Ah Ahaziah is with Joram in Jezreel and and like visiting with him while he's sick. So this all sets up chapter nine. Yes. Okay, so that was the boring
1: stuff, right? Yes. That was just to get a picture of what's going on in in Judah's line. Yes. And why explaining why the king of Judah is in Israel. Yes. Right? Because chapter nine is um, we come back to the prophet Elisha and you're gonna mm-hmm. do Elisha's gonna do something that God told Elijah to do.
0: Yeah. Right? Uh, yes.
1: To, to anoint Jehu king. Yes. And I don't even know if Jehu, I'm not sure of the timing right now. Like, was Jehu even alive when uh, God told Elijah to do that? Uh, unclear. Unclear. So, yeah, the timing right now, for me, I'm sure it'll all clear up in future passages. Uh-huh. But trying to get the timing, but let's just get the story. Yes. So he goes and he anoints Jehu, and it's quite a story because Elisha says, Tie up your garments. Take this flask of oil in your hand. Go to Ramoth, Gilead. And when you arrive, look there for Jehu. And then basically it's like, take the flask, pour it on his head. I anoint you king over Israel and then leave, like run away. Yeah. Because you want to distance yourself. A prophet wants to distance himself from what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. So the prophet does it faithfully. Mm -hmm. Jehu comes out after being anointed king and people are like, what did that guy want? Yes. And uh, he's like, "Ah, you know how those guys are. And they're like, no, we don't. And yes. he says, well, he just kind of goes for it. I am king. And everybody is freaking out because you, now you have to quickly make a decision. Yes. Do I think this new guy is going to beat the old guy? Because mm-hmm. if he beats him, I need to be on his side right now. Yeah. But if I think he's going to lose, I need to stay on. You need to find the winning side. It's like, it's like a, a really intense game of, like, flip a coin.
0: mm Mm -hmm.
1: And if you choose the wrong side, you'll die. Yes. And so these guys are all scared. And Jehu then immediately knows what to do and where to go. And he's like, he kind of gets filled with this righteous anger. And it gets really blurry. And I don't think it's ordained by God, a lot of it. But some of it is. Yeah. So to wipe out Ahab's line. Yes. So he rides on his horse to wherever they are. uh, Ramath Gilead, is that Mm -hmm. where?
0: Yeah, so they're on the front lines of this battle with Syria. And they're now like, oh, I gotta go back and secure this kingdom that was just given to me by God. I do want to note. I feel like this is the only the second king in the line of Israel that was actually anointed by God, by a prophet. In Israel. In Israel, because I think yeah. Jeroboam. You're right. Was the first one. Yeah, the rest and of all. The rest have only succeeded by assassin. Like they just. No, been, that's a good catch. You're. I right. think Jehu is the f- is the second one. It's the first one since Jeroboam to be anointed by a prophet.
1: And I think that's important because he's even though he also is gonna be, spoiler alert, he's not great. No. But he carries this anointing, mm-hmm. which lasts for four generations at yeah. least for him. And yep. he gets like a, a gets like a 28-year reign or something. Yeah. But here's what he does: he goes crazy. He figures out where all these guys are, all the kings. At Jezreel, yeah. Jezreel starts to ride, the king sends out the watchman. Hey. Uh, as soon as he gets to oh, yeah. to Jehu, Jehu's like they're like, "Hey, do you come in peace?" And he's like, "What do you have to do with peace?" And those guys sent out immediately get behind him. Yes. So again, this is the the death coin flip. Uh huh. You go out and you realize this guy's making a play for the throne. What do I have to do with peace? Uh, everything. I'm with you. Yeah. And they just flip, and so they keep seeing the messenger guys, the watchmen flip and start to ride with these guys. So the kings go out, mm-hmm. right? So. Ahaziah and Jehor- Jehoram yes. both go out to go greet Jehu, and Jehu is like, um, what do you guys have to do with peace? Oh, yeah, because
0: uh, Joram comes up to him and says, is it peace, Jehu? Because, again, there is this idea that Jehu is his commander, and he's coming from the front lines of right. Ramoth-Gilead, so he might be thinking, he's asking, is it peace from the lines, right. from the battlefield? He's yeah. thinking, is it peace with Syria? Right. And so he's not entirely sure what's happening. He's kind of confused. Why is my guards like keep falling in line behind him?
1: Have you ever had that moment where like someone shows up and you're like, hey, are you having a water balloon fight and we've been on the same team and all of a sudden you get a weird look in your face? I'm like, Matt, no,
0: no. And you start like
1: chasing me with a water balloon. Yes. What are you doing? We're on the same team.
0: Yeah. There are f- no teams.
1: There are no teams. And that's what I would say when I, I will always flip on you. When I realize it's to my advantage to finally flip on my allies. I will always flip very quickly, swiftly, and I will Uh say to you, well, I thought this, not fair. I'll go, all is fair in love and war, and then I'll chase after you until I get you.
0: So Jehu has this awesome line in response. So Joram says, is it peace, Jehu? And Jehu says, what peace can there be so long as the whorings and the sorceries of your mother Jezebel are so many? Because Jezebel's still alive. Yeah. And then Joram reigned about, and fled, saying to Ahaziah, Treachery! (laughs) And so he immediately is Uh, like, Oh no! And he tries to turn around, and Jehu draws his bow and shoots Joram. Well, it now starts the bloodshed. Yeah.
1: So he kills both kings.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Ahaziah... He gets a proper burial back in Judah. Yeah, they actually send him back to Judah. And he's buried with his father David... So he kills both the kings right then and there. then and again now though, I, I was confused by this initially going yes. like, oh man, why do you have to kill the king of Judah? Right. But the king of Judah is the son of Ahab's daughter. Yeah, it's all so he's part of Ahab's line now. yes. and so he's again charged with get rid of Ahab's line. yeah, and this is the and that's what you'll see
1: uh, what's his name? Jehu. Jehu. Say is that the Lord has anointed him to fulfill mm-hmm. the punishment on Ahab for being so wicked and evil. Yes. It's like his whole line. So he kills those guys because they're both connected to Ahab. Mm-hmm. Then there's more bloodshed to be had. I can't remember if he kills... Well, his... he goes to Jezebel yeah. next. Jezebel is sitting up in her window uh-huh. with her painted face on. Uh-huh. I guess there's like ancient documents that show this is something we don't really know. But
0: uh, yeah, they had like makeup and stuff.
1: They, they had makeup and she's like kind of asserting her will and seeing if she can get out of this. Mm-hmm. And he just tells the eunuchs around her to throw her out the window. And yeah. they're like, again, it's the, I do have to come up with a new name for this. It's yes. the flip a coin life or death decision game. <laughs> And the eunuchs decide, oh, you know what? The guy who has the army right now, I'm for you. So they throw out this lady they've probably served their whole lives.
0: Yes. Easily. She
1: gets so destroyed on the fall. Uh-huh. Animals are eating, blood splatters everywhere. By the time they get to her, she's just a skull and palms and feet. Yes. Which fulfills the prophecy that dogs will be eating, the birds of the air are eating Jezebel. Mm-hmm. Then Jehu has to figure out he writes letters to the sons of Ahab because mm-hmm. they're all like governors and kind of princes out there. Ru- ruling, yeah, and there's right?
0: 70 of them. Yeah,
1: because Ahab was a smart king. he make as many Which heirs to the throne weirdly as makes can.
0: me think of uh, Gideon. Gideon had like yeah. 70 sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: it also makes me think, though, of how important it is that by faith we are like adopted by the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. And we cry out, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. Like Christ has made... Countless children yes. that get to inherit the, the throne. It's pretty cool. But anyway, um, what's not cool is he says, hey, do you guys, let's fight for it. And all of Ahab's sons say, no way, we're not fighting you. Yeah. Because then we're just going to lose. Oh, no,
0: no, this is, it is weird. I I feel like it goes like this, though. He sends yeah. letters to the servants of the sons. right. right and right. says, oh, yeah. elect the strongest one of Ahab's sons to be your king, and we'll fight it out. And the servants go... Oh, they're no, all weak. We don't want to do that. They're all weak. And so then he says, "Oh, so you want to serve under me? Well, if you want to do that, then you need to execute all the sons and send me their remains." Yeah. And so the servants then do that. They ex- they cut off the heads of all 70 sons and send it to Jehu in baskets.
1: And then Jehu shows up and he's like, "Great. So most of Ahab is gone, but then he feels like there's more uh servants to bail or something, right? Uh
0: yes, yeah, so he kind I mean he kind of just goes crazy. He keeps going. Uh what does he do? Like he he continues to like even anyone who was like friends to Ahab, all the priests, all the Baal like priests of Baal, I think he ends up grabbing um is it a, a Yeah, so Raycab who is a descendant of Moses' father in law. Jethro? Jethro.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah, so that tribe actually moved into Israel. Okay. And are living among Israelites. And they're also super uh, aesthetic. Ascetic? Ascetic. Aesthetic? Ascetic. Aesthetic? Aesthetic. Aesthetic. Like, they beat themselves? Like, they renounce belongings. Oh, and, okay. And, like, we're k- kind of against, like, yeah, main society okay. is evil and. Uh, wealth corrupts. Ascetic, yeah. Yeah, ascetic. And so they were very simplistic, and they, they were very zealous in following the Lord. And so uh, Jehu sees one of those guys and says, jump in my chariot, and I'll show you how zealous for the Lord I am. And he just goes on this killing spree of all the prophets of Baal.
1: Well, he tricks all the prophets of Baal and says, oh, let's worship. Yeah. I'm. He
0: does I am an elaborate.
1: More, I am more for Baal than anybody yes so he he lures everybody in and then he makes sure everybody who's in this temple and we're we're worshiping Baal make sure there's no real believers in here
0: yeah he actually says I don't want any prophets of Yahweh in here make sure there's no prophets of Yahweh in here Mm -hmm. and they and if there were they get them out and and then he goes through he like he does like the whole ritual sacrifices things and like does the whole worship ceremony and and so these the prophets of Baal are feeling really good at this point and usually I think there's like drinking and so at this point they're probably also inebriated so he gets them through the whole service and then he goes out and tells the guards kill everyone inside
1: yeah and to the point where it says and they demolished the pillar of Baal and demolished the house of Baal and made it a latrine to this day (laughs) now this is where I think Jehu is using the word of God and the name of God in vain Yes. So, like, he's going overboard to carry out judgment against others on his own, which is uh, not great. And then, um, but the Lord still is, sees that, is not happy with that. He says, but you've done well, and you've carried out what is right, at least f- to the house of Ahab. Mm-hmm. So he does promise him four generations. Yes. And he reigns 28 years, but Jehu is not careful to walk in the law of the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart, he did not turn from the sins of Jeroboam. Yeah,
0: which I is think interesting. Even,
1: the other anointed king of yeah. Israel.
0: Yeah, and I think it's. I think that he even says that like one of the things he didn't do was the golden calves that Jeroboam yeah. built. And then he starts. He to, still uses them. He
1: still uses them. There's. He's still wicked. Um, but he did one good thing. He got rid of all of Ahab's line. And and, and the
0: prophets of Baal.
1: But then he starts to lose the Lord, kind of allows them to lose parts of Israel. So they lost to Haziel. Um, they yeah, Haziel really kind of... Syrians kind of got some more ground. And then they from the Jordan, eastward?
0: Yeah, they get most of the east side. Yeah, the, all of the
1: land of Gilead on the Reubenites and the Gadites mm-hmm. and the Manass- Man- Manassites and Aror. Anyway, I'm just reading those now. But yeah, it's yeah. basically the east side. Yeah, like we Gad,
0: can, Reuben, and Manasseh, they kind of... Syria takes most of it, which is a big hit. Mm-hmm. That's not
1: that's not good. That was your buffer zone.
0: Yes, and, and now your buffer zone it, yeah. is being eroded. And then in chapter eleven, we switch over to what's happening in Judah. So now that uh, Ahaziah is dead, yeah, uh, Ahab's daughter is still around, and she's brutal. And she learned Ath- from her mom, Athalia. Yeah, uh, she hears about this. And she goes into, spirals into this crazy depression and just starts killing off her entire family yeah. to secure herself as the main ruler of Judah. And so she kills anyone that she, would be a threat, even her own grandchildren.
1: Right, well, to the point then, she's going to kill her infant grandson. Yes. And someone saves him yeah. by hiding him away.
0: His aunt saves him.
1: And So that's little Joash, right? Mm-hmm. So his aunt saves Joash... Um, And then they kind of lock him away. It's not for seven years. Until he's seven years old, they bring him out and they go, hey, here's the rightful.
0: Yeah, so the priest Jehoiada kind of watches over him, uh, has him hidden away for seven years. And then he makes arrangements with the guards of the temple, um, everyone who's loyal to the house of Levi still and to God. He makes arrangements with them and is like, this is the true king. We're going to set him up right now, and we're gonna dethrone Ahab's daughter because she needs to go, and uh, that's what they do. Um, Thalia kind of does a... She tries to. She tries to make a quick power play, but no one listens to her, and uh, like her, like Jezebel, yeah, her mother, and Jehoiada just gets her gets the captains of the guards to take her and take her out of the city, and they kill her. And then Jehoiada reinstates the covenant um, of God to the people. Like, I am your God, you are my people. Um, And then uh, is then kind of the temporary king, kind of. Like, he's the the counselor to the king because Joash is only seven years old. He's seven years old when he begins to reign. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Where where did I read for the sake of David, he wouldn't, uh, God's not destroying. Oh, that
0: was earlier. So that was earlier when uh, with um, I think Joram. Or okay. Jeroram. Well, I just bring mm-hmm. that up
1: because even in the house of Judah, where things are awful right yeah. now, and you're gonna, all your hopes are, you got the a good priest mm-hmm. and a seven year old boy, and they had to, you know, I just think this lady, Athila. Laia or something yeah. like that. I don't Athalia. know. How you, Athalia, I like that. Mm-hmm. We'll say it like that. She um, must have learned a lot from her stepmom, Jezebel. I think it was her mom. Was Jezebel her mom? I think and Jezebel was Ahab's, her mom. Her dad. So I guess there's no steps about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just amazing. Yeah. So, what do we learn from this, Matt? <laughs> I'll tell you what I learned nations man nations and power and god it's crazy and uh (laughs) nations be crazy nations be crazy man (laughs) but i will say like life
0: without god is crazy
1: it is and jehu though the lesson for me is he goes overboard and like uses the word of god and his anointing Mm -hmm. in a very political manipulative way but there's something about it where god's like i know that's going on but i'm still it's still real yeah
0: like We're still he, using it
1: he's still doing what's right yes and i think that's the hope for me is like even when i'm using god's name in vain and like half doing what he wants but half doing something that's good for me mm-hmm. that god is gracious and he forgives us and he's still accomplishing his will through us his will for life anyway all cool all right that's the story but uh, man Let's go to something a little happier, or is it more death coming up in the New Testament?
0: Our New Testament reading for today is Acts, chapter 23, verse 12 through 24. Chapter 24.
1: Sweet Paul. You know, reading the book of Acts, it's kind of... you. I always think that the book of Acts is about... It's more romantic than it is because we only read the first couple chapters of it regularly. You know, it's like, oh, wow, the beginning of the church. These are, this is what the church should be like. Everyone's together and there's miracles and 3,000 saved in one day. But that's like half of a chapter (laughs) because the rest of it is frustration for Paul. Yes. He's just trying to say, you guys, you guys, I found the Messiah, like the better Elijah. He's here. It's Jesus. And then, he gets, like, for every hundred people that hate him, he gets, like, one weirdo who likes him. <laughs> and so he's just slowly building oh, these gosh. churches. But these churches look a lot like, after reading this, I'm thinking they look a lot like our churches today, where it's kind of maybe not the most powerful, good-looking people, mm-hmm. and the church is struggling to keep it together. Yeah. Yeah. But that's like the church. In yeah, like our church isn't growing. Horrible
0: it's, decisions. Yeah,
1: it's like there's sin. It's like we're kind of upset with the leadership. It's all very hard. <laughs> and I wish the church was like it was in Acts. And Paul would say to you, are you kidding me? It's exactly like it was in Acts, only much better because no one's trying to kill you. Yes. Which is what we see today. Chapter 23, verse 12 starts with what?
0: Okay, so Paul just stood before the council. He kind of dodged a whole bullet by getting the Sadducees and the Pharisees to fight about the resurrection. (laughs) So good. Uh, So he's still in custody, and so the Jews are trying to figure out, how do we get him? Oh, man. And so they're like, you know what? We'll have him come to the council again, but we'll intercept him on his way to the council and
1: kill him in the streets. But it's even worse. Have you ever had someone just like not like you and want to make your life difficult? I don't know if I ever have, like, them make a decision to make my life difficult. I know they haven't liked me. Yeah,
0: that's true. I don't know if I've had anyone who's, like, gone out of their way to destroy me.
1: But he has 40, how many people? 41? I
0: don't know. He
1: says it right here. It's like... Oh, 40, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, they bind themselves with an oath before the Lord. That they will not eat or drink. The
1: Jews made a plot to bound themselves by an oath, neither to eat nor drink, till they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who made (laughs) this conspiracy... I mean, and then they go to the chief priest and they say, hey, bring him here. We want to ask more questions. There's more than 40 people who made a vow. I'm not going to eat or drink until Before you're the dead. Lord. Yeah. God, I swear to you, I'm not going to eat until Matt's dead. That is brutal.
0: Sorry. I, I renounce that. Yeah, I renounced <laughs> that. That was, that
1: was just a uh, play acting. wasn't play acting. Yeah, sorry. I'm worried now. But can you imagine? So uh, it's like, okay, so Paul then fortunately, has a sister in town, which is kind of fun to think about. Who's Paul's sister? Who's Paul's sister? I mean, you never hear about her, and she didn't start a church, because she's like, I'm sorry about my brother. He's always (laughs) causing problems, but I don't think he's done anything. Uh." Oh. And so uh, Paul's... Family's difficult. Paul's nephew... Yeah. ...hears, and goes to Paul and says, hey, man, they're going to kill you. Yeah. Paul's like, go tell... The centurions. The centurions this. So he goes... He says, "Hey, the um, and here's why this is important. Uh, just to remind everybody, you have the Jewish leadership and the mm-hmm. Jewish people mm-hmm. disputing over the laws of God, mm-hmm. which don't interest and have nothing to do with the laws of Rome. Rome. And so Rome is actually in control. They allow in these people to um, to do and and keep their religion and do all that." But they're not going to enforce Roman law over a dispute within mm-hmm. Judaism. Mm-hmm. So that's the issue, and, and that's kind of what we saw with Jesus, and it was just a weird Passover time that where, where political deals were being made. So the Jews are frustrated because they can't just kill him yeah. legally. Yes. If they kill Paul, now they're in trouble legally under Rome. Yes, So they're trying to work it, and that's what um, that's why Paul is smart and says, hey, go tell the centurions, go tell the real
0: authority, authority
1: here, that the Jews are trying to kill me, and it's not legal. I'm a Roman citizen, and so the centurions
0: hear this, and they take him. Um, I think they sneak him out yeah. in the middle of the night to Felix. Right. So they agree,
1: and they go. We don't want this to happen because we're trying to keep the law here. And so the tribune, they take
0: it super serious. Like yeah. they get two hundred soldiers, seventy horsemen, and two hundred spearmen, yeah. and put Paul in the center, and sneak him out to Caesarea because
1: they don't want to be accused mm-hmm. of a Roman citizen not protecting Roman citizens. Yeah. So if word gets back that Jews are killing Roman citizens, Correct. that would be seen as rebellion of the be Jews bad. against Rome. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they're taking it serious. Like we can't just let you kill Paul. He's a Roman citizen.
0: So, so he goes to Felix with a letter basically s- stating all this and then Felix is like, "Okay, I will hear from you." So he's the governor and he's like, "I'll hear uh, I'll hear from you." when your accusers arrive. So he's like, I'll still hear from you, but we got to wait for these your accusers to actually show up. And uh, so it takes like five days for the high priest Ananias. Uh, remember him? He's remember been, that guy? He's been he's involved. He's just been around. Man,
1: he's been involved in Jesus, yeah. James, and Peter, and now Paul. Yeah. He was alive at the wrong time. Man, that guy.
0: Yeah, so he shows up with a lawyer, Tert- uh, Tertullus, and, uh, they try to appeal to Felix and his, and Felix uh, historically was actually a pretty ruthless guy, yeah, especially is. to the Jews, but they kind of make this play to him and being like, we've experienced so much peace under your reign and we're just trying to get rid of this guy who's, um, stirring stir- up, stirring up the people and he's not causing peace. And so we want to get rid of him yeah. and keep the peaceful reign of your, he's trying to make it seem like your regime going. Like Paul was causing
1: riots mm-hmm. against the people which would be against Rome. Mm-hmm. And Paul is so smart, he's just he says, "Look, the people who actually have a problem with me because he remembers, these are the Jews from Asia.
0: Well, yeah, so the so the Jews from Asia are the ones who actually have the real problem. The real
1: them. problem with him, which is like you've kind of hurt. Mm-hmm
0: our name and our businesses yeah, and our relationship in the community. the guys who show up are from Jerusalem. And they don't have a case. And they don't have a case because they haven't. he hasn't been in Jerusalem.
1: So Paul's whole defense is, remember when I took that vow and I came in and yeah. I shaved my head and I was only worshiping God? The only issue you guys have with me is that I believe in the resurrection.
0: Yeah.
1: And so many of these people had been hearing about the way, uh-huh. Christianity, and so uh, the Roman guys were kind of open to it. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, this isn't. This is having to do with little things inside the Jewish law.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and again, the proper, the original people that had a complaint, which were the Jews from Asia, aren't
1: there. Yep.
0: So he's like, you wanted to try me and listen to me when my accusers were actually here. Well, they're not here. These are the wrong. These are the, these are the wrong guys, and uh, so. Um, Felix, then, is like, all right, well, I'll wait for... Who's he waiting for? Lysias? I don't even know who that guy is.
1: In 22. Yeah, when Lysias, the tribune, comes down, I will decide your case. I don't mm-hmm. know who Lysias, Lysias is, but he's part of the tribune. And so, uh, basically, he says, Paul, you're going to be under kind of house, house arrest. arrest. Yeah, You're going to have some liberty, and then invite his friends to come take care of him. And then... <laughs> What's funny is oh he's
0: a Roman um, yeah oh. he was a Roman tribune so he was in charge so things are escalating things, where yeah. Paul's
1: on his way he's not in Rome yet he's no still but out. he's
0: like Slowly, going up his going up the ranks
1: well what's funny here is that Felix is bringing his wife who was Jewish mm-hmm. and they're talking to Paul and Paul's like breaking down the gospel and mm-hmm. and um, and but then Paul has to tell him about. Basically, the judgment of God, Mm -hmm. and that's where Felix was alarmed. He didn't like the bad news. You know, with the gospel, there's, we call it law and gospel. Yeah. And so you need the law to be presented first. Like, you are broken, and you have sinned, and you are in need of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. That's a bummer. But the good news is, God will forgive you. Cry out to him. Mm -hmm. So what I see is Felix here was alarmed by the law and didn't really respond with repentance. So he needed a break. Then we find out he keeps meeting with Paul for like two years. Mm-hmm. Paul is just kind of under house arrest, meeting with Felix. But the whole time, Paul is presenting the gospel, hoping he'll get saved, and Felix is waiting for that sweet Macedonia money. He's waiting for the for a bribe.
0: He's waiting for a bribe, and
1: because that's customary. Like, when yeah. are you just going to pay me? Cool. And, and do, is this official? Do you do you know this for a fact, or is it your sanctified imagination? he's probably carrying the money donated on his... Oh,
0: I don't know if he was carrying it still, but I, he, he states that he came to Jerusalem to give money to the church. Right. And I, he, they probably know how much it was, and it was a good amount of well, money from uh, the Greek churches. And yeah. so I think Felix is going, oh, this Paul guy has some wealthy benefactors, so yeah. contact your benefactors and uh, give me some of that money.
1: Yeah, he absolutely was. I do. I think you're right about that. Um, because 2 Corinthians, he's telling Corinth, like, the Macedonians have nothing. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of resources. I, God loves a cheerful giver. These people are in absolute need because there's a famine coming well, in through. Ju-
0: in Jerusalem. And so this yeah. is for the
1: Jerusalem church. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. I think Felix, uh, well, we know he was waiting for a bribe, but he also probably thinks this guy, can get any, any orator mm-hmm. who can travel around and speak for a living is Funded by benefactors.
0: Yes. And so it's just funny to see. Um... And so he actually keeps him in until he's succeeded by uh, Portius Festus. So he's just like waiting around for Paul to pay him. And he keeps paying a vo- Paul a visit. And Paul's like, oh, you're here to, to hear the gospel? To hear the gospel? All right, and I'll break it down. And he walks away and he's like, I just wanted you to pay me some money, man. Well, who,
1: who hasn't been <clears> there, <throat> right? I've, I've hung out with people like sharing... Faith and love, and trying to lead them to the Lord, only to find out they just wanted someone to a drinking buddy or something, you know. Yeah. And it's like they never got that, and I never got to see them come uh-huh. to the Lord. Uh-huh. But he was Felix was trying to do the Jews a favor, too. Yes. So he left him totally. in prison. Totally. So he's like trying to get he's trying to work every like classic politician, um, get mm-hmm. money, and keep favor as well. But this is where Paul's life is, you know, the great Paul. All I've seen, he's had more struggles than he's had victories. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. There was a small little window in Berea where things were awesome. <laughs> but he is overjoyed. I mean, it's all worth it seeing one life. You see a handful of lives changed by the gospel. You're you're fortunate and blessed, you yeah. know. You, but no matter the cost, it's like raising children. You sacrifice and you give and your mindset is different for your children than it is for others. And it's worth it to you because you love them so much. So that's what we see all behind this, I think, in Paul in the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Mm. Governments be crazy. Governments, man. I'm glad to see bribery and all that kind of plays for power. Nothing's really changed.
0: All right. So today I'm going to read Psalm chapter 80, verse Mm. 7 through 18. Restore us, O God of hosts, let your face shine that we may be saved. You brought a vine out of Egypt, you drove out of the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it, it took deep root and filled the land. mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. Why then have you broken down its walls so that all who pass along the way pluck its fruit? The boar from the forest ravages it and all that move in the field feed on it. Turn again, O God of hosts, look down from heaven and see, have regard for this vine, the stock that your right hand had planted for the son whom you made strong for yourself. They have burned it with fire, they have cut it down. May they perish at the rebuke of your face, but let your hand be on the man of your right hand, the son of man whom you have made strong for yourself. Then we shall not turn back from you, give us life, And we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Boom.
1: You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.